And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. Dopamine is a naturally occurring feel-good chemical that triggers our inner reward system. Now, it's normally released when we do things like eat delicious food, have sex, and critically, when we take addictive drugs. But here's something else. Social media also mimics human connection, which prompts a dopamine release when we get likes and comments on our posts. Now, is that bad? Well, having too much dopamine concentrated in some parts of the brain and not enough in the other parts is linked to being more competitive aggressive, having poor impulse control, and it can also lead to conditions like ADHD, binge eating, and all kinds of addictions. Whether it's a day, a week, a month, a social media detox is something that's highly recommended by psychologists, and it's scientifically proven to enhance mental performance and actually make you feel happier. Now, you may think that social media addiction does not apply to you, but just think about the times that you check your phone and how many times a day you do that. Now, on today's podcast, I'm going to discuss this topic with my amazing friend, Jess. Now, you may remember her because she's been here two previous appearances, and I'm really excited to have her with us today. Jess, it's great to have you back. Hey, Tony. Great to be here. I'm so excited to talk all about dopamine. Yeah, it's a really exciting topic. I know we were talking earlier, there was the film, The Social Dilemma, that talks a lot about that. And if anyone hasn't seen that, that's something I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. So tell me your thoughts on this dopamine situation, because I know you have a lot of thoughts and ideas and just suggestions too. Absolutely. So as Tony was Thing. The Social Dilemma is a great film. If you haven't gone out and see it, highly recommend you educate yourself. If not, watch it again. Essentially, dopamine is the receptor in the brain, which is the pleasure center. So casinos are even modeled after this very brain chemical in our mind when we do slot machines. And social media happens to be exactly modeled after the same casino pulling of the lever. That's pretty cool. I never really thought about it being like a slot machine, but yeah. And so many people get addicted to that, that whole gambling addiction. You go to Las Vegas and you hear that ring ring and you hear when somebody gets the payoff, but what is the payoff when it comes to social media? Cause there is a payoff, right? Right. So for all the dings and dongs of social media, um, it's a chemical hit to the brain saying, oh my goodness, somebody likes me almost like I want a dollar on the slot machine. So the brain says, I want more cash or I want more social media currency. So we are driven and driven for more and more of that screen time, but then our brain actually requires more 
time on it to be able to get that same hit. The first hit isn't the same social media as it is the hundredth. That's very similar to really any kind of chemical addiction, because usually when we start out taking some type of chemical, the first time we try it, we can get the reaction we want right away. But the more we are involved with that particular chemical, and this doesn't necessarily have to mean addictive drugs only. This could mean even some people that are taking prescription drugs for different illnesses. Uh, my daughter has uh, a seizure disorder, so she has to take seizure medication. And every now and then they have to increase the dosage of the medication because your body gets used to the dose that you're taking. It's the same way really with this dopamine release. It's true. So this is why we're here to talk about how we could change it up in a small digestible way. I know sometimes you can think dopamine detox, that sounds really hard. How do I do that? Well, it's not really that hard once we sit down and break things apart. I know a lot of people say, well, does that mean I have to close my Facebook account or close my Instagram <laughs> or my LinkedIn? Or there's so many other platforms right now. I don't even want to go and, and list right. them all. But, uh, you know, I tend to be on Facebook and, and LinkedIn, I think most. Uh, but that's because I do a lot of, you know, business promotion, things like that. But I know TikTok is another big one where people are just posting these goofy videos and, you know, sometimes <laughs> scrolling down TikTok. I don't know if it's the dopamine hit or what it is, but just watching these crazy videos on TikTok can really get addictive. Yes. So what Facebook does and TikTok or YouTube or LinkedIn, any other Twitter, they change their algorithm to better get to know you. Whether you know this or not, they are basically monitoring every second you spend on every interaction and finding like content to give to you more and more and actually timing push notifications for when Apple tells them you have your phone in your hand. Interesting. So they actually know when you, when you have your phone in your hand. They do. Um, so that is actually something that when you have your phone open, it knows the time your screen time is being monitored and third-party tracking through apps if you allow that setting. Some people worry about things like their cameras on their phone or on their PCs. And I actually was just reading something recently that said, I think it was Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, who uh, is, you know, yeah. the, fa the Facebook guy there. Facebook I, I actually, guy. <laughs> the Facebook guy. Yes. I actually read that he covers the ca his camera on his phone or on his PC. And yeah. if he's covering his camera, that makes me think, what are, what do people know about us? Yeah, I highly recommend if you don't have a cover for your laptop, you can actually just buy them on Amazon. They're a couple of dollars. They fold down and fold up for easy opening and closing. Some people like a little post-it stamp, but honestly, Tony, in this day and age of social media, you can't be too careful. Yeah, you never know what's going on out there. And again, I don't mean to be super paranoid yeah. about this stuff, yeah. but you know what? There, There's a fine line between paranoia and I caution. See. Yeah. And privacy. Yeah. And it's interesting because have you ever noticed that if you search something, all of a sudden you'll start seeing ads for those things popping up on your computer. That's no coincidence. It's not by mistake. It's by design. Definitely. And the other thing that I've really gotten into is the fact that a lot of people look at the internet and look at 
things like the you know the search engines google being mm-hmm. the biggest one but there's like a duck duck go i guess mm-hmm. that's out there now that's making a big surge who knows uh, i mean i remember so many of them i mean we were joking around the other day about that talking about whatever happened to ask jeeves remember that <laughs> one Ask Jeeves. It's a good one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of search engines just kind of disappeared, and Google took over. And the interesting thing about Google is, whenever you think of search engine, you think of Google. It's the same thing as when you have a cold and you ask, "Pass the Kleenex." Well, it's mm. not Kleenex. It's actually it's tissue. You know, Scott's brand tissue probably hates it every time we say "pass the Kleenex," <laughs> but it's been the same way with social media and with like google is you don't say let me go online and search that what do you say let me google it so google has been, become synonymous with social media and with uh, search engines and with looking up our information and i think things like facebook and instagram have become synonymous with connection mm-hmm. and connection is so important but i think when we spend so much time connecting with people on social media we lose that face-to-face connection this whole covid and pandemic everybody's been kind of cooped up inside and we've lost the ability to talk with people face to face in fact have you ever gone out on say a date and that person in front of you is spending more time looking at their phone than spending time with you. And doesn't that just drive you crazy? Gosh, Tony, I want to say, no, that's never happened, but it probably has. And it does drive me crazy. Which, well, that's uh, because you're such a fascinating person that why would you want even want to look at your phone if you were? Uh, yep. But that actually goes into quality time and what's most important to a person. Uh, I happen to be a person where quality time is pretty high on my list. So what can we do to change that mentality about all social media, all the dings and dongs, notifications that we're getting and really start to be more present in our lives? Yeah, that's a good question. Do you have any suggestions, anything that you've thought about or looked into? I mean, sure. a lot of people, a lot of people are afraid to even give up social media because, well, you know, I have you know a lot of friends and these, this is the only way I stay in touch with some people, but mm-hmm. at the same time, when you're spending so much time on social media that you're not spending that real quality time with people, everything becomes superficial and everything kind of becomes fake because we always put our best face forward on social media. You know, we take 15 pictures and figure out which one is the best picture. And then we post that one. 15 pictures, Tony. Wow. I tried to do the, the one and done mentality, but I agree. We always put our first, our best impression forward. So I do actually have a plan that is somewhat reasonable. So following a plan could actually really help with dopamine and detoxing, if that's something of your interest. Of course. That's what we're here to talk about today. Beautiful. So one small way to do it each day would be one day, pick one day each week, For example, I love to pick a Sunday because that's usually the day I'm doing most of my chores or getting ready for the next week for whatever to come, right? So I refrain from doing activities which are like pleasurable or dopamine producing. For example, going on social media. So here's the thing. 
once you have that feeling, oh, I want to go on social media, I want to check Instagram, make sure that feeling is replaced with another action. Every time you think, oh, I want to go on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, I actually, yeah, I'm going to do some chores or I'm going to sit down and meditate or I'm going to read a page of a book. This way, we are rewiring our dopamine receptors. So with the met method to recenter and refocus the brain on other activities which need our attention. Interesting. So it's basically finding something to refocus our energy on so that we're not constantly thinking about checking that social media feed. Absolutely. So following a detox plan is followed by very high thinkers, intellectuals who credit this as a means of keeping them sharp and productive. Sharp and productive. So can actually pulling back from your social media make you more productive? Well, I would say that it would in terms of time, because if we're spending time on social media, we're not getting our other work done. And sometimes you can really get pulled in. I know I've been guilty of that in the past. Right. So unless you're a social media strategist, I would say, yes, it would be good for you because too much screen time impacts our mental and physical well-being. It's well known by a range of studies going on today. Take time for that break because without rest, right, this is a very simple overhead. You don't rest, you can't be as productive. So take it as a break. I know a lot of people, it's the first thing they do in the morning is they will pick up their phone and they'll check their phone because their phone is right next to them on their bed. I know I do the same thing. My phone is next to me on my bed, but I try not to pick it up and check my social media anymore. I just use it just so I can see what time it is because it's got the clock right there. So I'll leave it there. And in case I get an emergency call or something, it's my phone is right there. But I have been really working diligently to try not to pick it up first thing in the morning and say, oh, let me see what's going on in the world. No, you don't want to do that because that starts your day. And then what happens if you see something negative? You know, I we were talking about this earlier. The reason I started this podcast is because of all the negativity in the world and how much negativity do we see out there on social media? And mm. the first thing that we see in the morning should not be that post by that one friend who is always posting things that really get your goat, as they say. <laughs> uh, I think that's fantastic. Yes. Always be tailoring who you follow. I'd like to say that social media is like holding up a mirror, right? So everything that you're absorbing, you're going to get back into you. So you have to be very careful who you're following, what kind of content, and maybe how many push notifications. Recently, oh, yeah. uh, Apple just released a uh, screen time and work and sleep where basically they can't notify you during certain hours of the time. If you haven't already set that up, I recommend you doing it on your phone. That's interesting. So it's similar to when you put your phone into sleep mode. Yep. So there actually are four functions. Do not disturb work, sleep, and personal. And you can set regular times during the day where you will not receive push no notifications unless somebody is calling you more than twice. Well, one of the things that I teach in my power productivity classes is a great way to be productive is to not get roped into email and social media first thing. Because what happens is 
when we get up in the morning and we start our work day, what's the first thing everybody does? They check their email and they check their social media and they see what's going on. And then they get into what I like to call reactive mode. You're Mm. reacting to what other people are sending you. Now, if you really want to succeed as an entrepreneur or even as anyone in business, you need to set at least that first hour of the day of your work time by not being reactive. You need to say, this is my priority thing that I have to do today. For example, if I want to start writing my book, which I am in the process of doing right now, I will say, I'm going to spend an hour working on the book this morning, or I'm going to spend an hour on my marketing campaign, or I'm going to spend an hour on something. And what I do is I set a timer for one hour. And during that time, there's no social media. There's no checking email. I don't check email first. The thing that I do is I use those old fashioned kitchen timers. And the reason I do that is because if you set the timer on your phone, then when you pick up your phone to see how much time you have left, the phone is in your hand and that Uh temptation is there. So I use a different timer and I wait that whole 55 minutes. At the end of the 55 minutes, I take a stretch break. I get up, maybe take a walk, come back and then okay, I either work another hour or I say, all right, now it's time to check the email, but I'm not in reactive mode all the time. And again, social media and email and things like that, that puts us in reactive mode. We react to the messages that are being sent to us. We react to the likes and turning off your notifications is another great thing because I don't know about you, but some people get notified every time somebody likes their post and their phone is constantly going off. It just just drives me crazy. I only want those important things coming across as notifications for me. Like if I get an important text from somebody and there's another setting on your phone that you can use, you can set up individual ringtones and individual tones for certain people Mm -hmm. in your family. So if... Yeah, exactly. So that when your kids or your significant other or close friend, when somebody that you want to hear from reaches out to you, then at least you'll know it's them. And if your phone just goes off and it's something, it's a spam text, boy, don't you hate those? Yeah, I do. Just want to dial it back to what you said. I like to say that that's living at cause or are you living in effect, right? So you said you're being reactive, not responsive cause or are you at effect? So are you at effect in your life? Currently, um, I just need the switch from keeping my phone right by my bed to the windowsill. So it's not the first thing when I wake up. And I actually decided to make a cool investment. You won't believe this, but I got a sun lamp and it warms up the room right before I'm about to wake up. So it gently wakes me up So I'm not really focused on checking the time on my phone and I have an alarm. That's interesting. So you get that natural kind of light Mm -hmm. coming in and that wakes Mm -hmm. you up because, you know, that kind of goes back to the way our, yes, exactly. The way our bodies used to work. And that's how most people used to live their day. They would wake up when the sun came up and they would Mm -hmm. go to bed at night back in the days before we had 
you know, all this technology. Now I'm not downing technology because <laughs> I, I tend to be I somebody. technology. Yes. We were talking about that before. I, yeah. You're, you're my technology girl. Now you're going to be my go-to girl <laughs> yeah. for technology from here on. Technology consultant here. Yes, exactly. But it is very important to be mindful of when your technology is a tool or if it's something that is, you know, kind of making us into the tool. Yeah. So technology, I'd like to say, should always be your advocate and not the other way around. Yeah. So would you ever recommend someone going off social media completely for a length of time? You know, Tony, I think that's a really good question. And I don't think I'm here to say, yes, you should or no, you shouldn't. And I don't think that's my place. But if you feel that that it's really calling to you, um, I would first start with a small step with turning off notifications, seeing how you're feeling about that. If you're really ready for the next step, you really want to go, you want to delete the application off of your phone completely for at least a week or two. See how you're doing with that. If after a few months, you really, really have no need for it. And I mean, really think about it because if it's your business or your livelihood, potentially you might want to keep some of that content and those connections, right? Then that's your decision to make, but I would definitely say, give yourself some time to think about it and set healthy boundaries for yourself first. Yeah. Setting boundaries is a really good idea for actually for anything in life, really. You know, we can get too much of a good thing. I mean, some of us like certain foods. Like what's your favorite food, for example, Jess? Um, my favorite food would be blueberries or blackberries. Oh, that's great. That's a nice, healthy <laughs> food. Blueberries are good for the brain. Yes. And they're also one of those uh, dopamine producing foods, such as tea, protein, probiotics. Interesting. That's a good transition because we were talking before about there are good ways to get that dopamine hit, whereas social media is not such a good way because it kind of reprograms our brain and how we react to different things. So other than blueberries, are there other foods that are good for dopamine hits in our body that would be a more healthier way to get that feel-good chemical? Right. So we have to think about replacing what we're doing first. So the technology, replace it with gardening, replace the technology with doing chores, getting a massage, dopamine boosting foods, exercising, catching enough sleep, and you know, specifically dairy, milk and cheese, protein, a lot of protein and probiotics, exercise, sunlight, sleep, music, and meditation have been proven as well as a list of other supplements if you're interested. So what we put in our bodies affects that. And I liked when you brought up meditation because that's something that's really important. And we do need to slow down a lot as a society. We need to take that time for ourselves. You know, you and I talked about early, early on, I think the first time I had you on the show, we did self-care and it was a great <laughs> topic. It was, it was. And this idea of a dopamine fast is really a form of self-care because it is keeping us from getting involved in something that's going to negatively Mm -hmm. uh, affect our bodies and mental health yeah. and well-being mental health and well-being is, is so important today i can tell you a little story too because i find sure. myself sometimes going into 
different meetings. Now I'm not talking about <laughs> one-on-one coaching because I'm always 100% focused when I'm doing a one-on-one coaching session, because we're doing a lot of these things on zoom right now. And actually right now I do all of my coaching sessions on zoom, which one thing I like about that is I can do a split screen and I can have my word document open and then I can look at the person and I can take my notes and I can still maintain, you know, one-on-one eye contact back and forth. And that's a lot easier than when I'm in person and I have to have something like my laptop in front of me or even a pad of paper in front of me. And I have to be looking down, writing notes because I have to constantly keep looking down. So Mm. there is this whole zoom culture out there where we're doing so many things now on zoom, but Mm -hmm. back to what I was saying, I was in a random meeting and I find myself during the meeting, you know, people can't see your screen unless you share your screen. Most people aren't going to share their screen (laughs) unless they're doing like the presentation. Right. Exactly. So I find myself sometimes in these meetings and I will like, boop, you know, pop up, there's Facebook, you know, checking my Facebook. I'm looking at the screen so they don't know that I'm not paying attention in the meeting. But here I am scrolling down, (laughs) seeing what's going on, sometimes looking at a different website. Sometimes I got Amazon up there. Before Christmas, I was in a meeting and here I am doing my Christmas shopping while I'm supposed to be paying attention in this meeting. So that is an interesting way that the technology changes us. We're not perfect. We're not here to be perfect. No. But I do agree that it has allowed a lot more accessibility to multitasking and extremely uh, amazing notes. Yes, yes. Well, you know, that's a whole other topic is multitasking. We talk about that because I always say that, you know, men can't multitask as well as women. Women are much better multitasking. I've read studies on that. And of course, I've caught myself. I've tried to multitask cooking dinner at the same time. I'm trying (laughs) to work on something. So I tend to set up my laptop Uh, and all my papers and everything when I'm working on content and things like that in my dining room. So I have it all set up and the kitchen is next door. So I'll say, well, let me start dinner. So I'll be working on something and I'll put something on and I'll come back and I'll be working on something. And then I'll realize, oh no, you know, I have to go check the stove to make sure I didn't burn anything because I can't multitask. (laughs) But in all seriousness, multitasking is something that really we actually should be avoiding because in the long run, it makes us less productive because the more we spend time focusing on one thing, the better job we're going to do at that one thing. And if we're constantly trying to shift and switch every time we change and go from one thing to another and then go from one thing to another, it slows down our productivity, it slows down our concentration, we eventually end up putting together something that's not as good as it would have been if we've, if we'd given it our full attention. So what does that have to do with dopamine? And what we're talking about is, you know, that constant checking of social media is something that is very similar to multitasking. You're in a meeting, Sometimes, like I was, for example, yeah, multitasking, absolutely, yeah. If yeah. I provide the dopamine hit for you specifically, if you're into multitasking, you love doing it, you can't not do it. That's your sign that maybe you need to slow down and be a little bit more present with yourself 
and perhaps take that dopamine detox challenge one day a week away from multitasking and replacing it with a new behavior. Not multitasking, but potentially something slower. It's something a lot slower. Yeah. A we, lot slower. Yeah. We, well, we do <laughs> so. live in a, we do live in a fast paced society right now and everything is all go, go. Uh, we mm. were talking about that before because last you week. Me. You yes. were the go, go. Yes, I tend to be one of those go-go people because I'm always... But we love you for it, Tony. There you go. Well, I I try, and we were supposed to record a podcast last week, and Mm. I was actually sick. I had laryngitis. For those listeners to my podcast, you've probably heard a couple of the ones that I did record when I had uh, that laryngitis. Your voice change, you sound different. Yeah, well, I, I even commented on there. People were probably listening going... That doesn't sound like Tony's voice. We type A people, we tend to be always on on the go. We have to learn to take those breaks and take that time for ourselves. And mm-hmm. I have learned to train myself to do that. And again, I use that setting a timer as an example. When that timer goes off, it's time for me to take a break, Beautiful. to walk away, maybe meditate for a bit, go for a walk. Right now here in New York State, we have a ton of snow and it's been sub-zero temperatures. So it's not the best time for me to go for a walk outside, but there are other things that we can do. And that thing that we're supposed to do when we take our break should not be pick up your phone and check Facebook. It should be do something that really rejuvenates you. Now, again, nothing wrong with checking Facebook at the proper time, but We have to let ourselves control our social media and not let social media control us. Absolutely. Because we're in charge. (laughs) We're in charge. Exactly. And we live right now, you know, it's a big information society. Everything is all about information, information, information. Well, it's no longer information. We've become an attention society. Everything is about attention. Everybody is competing for our attention And at the same time, we're all looking to have people pay attention to us. So when we put a post on social media, we're checking to see how many people like that, because are they paying attention to us? Right. So we're really starting to revolve our worlds around external validation instead of our core internal locus of control, which is a definite opportunity for society to start looking at why we're starting to shift that way. And what's happening with us internally, why we're not as self-confident. Yeah. And it can affect our self-confidence because when we're looking for validation from others, we're not actually Mm self-confident. We're confident based upon the reaction of others. And that's never a good way to live our life. Before we wind down a little bit today, any other tips on breaking away from social media or getting away from from this dopamine addiction? I mean, is the detox, uh, well, maybe let's talk quickly about dopamine fasting versus dopamine detox. Sure. So I think specifically, if we're talking about social media, if you really are serious about taking that necessary break um, and really starting to rewire your brain, I would suggest posting that you're taking a social media break. And having people hold you accountable if they see you online or posting, right? 
the power of the audience, right? Since we're looking for those likes, we're looking for that accountability. We're looking for that community and our tribe to support us. So ask your community, hey, I'm taking a break. Can you hold me accountable for this? That would definitely be the first thing I would recommend. And when it comes to dopamine detox versus dopamine fasting, I would say a dopamine detox would be starting with small digestible steps. If you don't know what to do, taking one day a week and staying completely off away from any addicting types of behaviors. Dopamine fasting is a long-term solution to rewiring your brain for better mental health and mental fitness. So if we were going to detox, we may be able to pick one day a week where we say, I'm not going to be on social media like you do. You mentioned Sundays. I think that's a great idea. We can pick a day a week that we don't do that. And if we actually want to take it to the next level and do a fast, we can say, I'm going to take a break from social media for five days seven days, maybe even building up to that, getting that momentum, feeling ready, feeling like that's a possibility for you. Exactly. Now, if you're doing business through social media, you know, that's fasting idea probably doesn't work. But what I like is, and we talked about this before, is the idea of doing more. It could work. I like the idea of scheduling it more and not making social media your go-to thing whenever you're bored, because Mm -hmm. that's what people do when they get bored or because that's what happens to me. For example, patterns, right? You got the phone in the hand. What I do, delete the app. Yeah, that that'll do it. That'll do it. But I tend to get bored like at meetings. That's your dopamine receptor getting bored on something normal. Otherwise, that can be helped by dopamine detox. So the boring things become more interesting again. Yeah, because I find myself going in and checking out the social media while I'm you know, in this meeting and I'm looking and I'm scrolling and, and it's like, wait a minute, I should be paying attention to this. So <laughs> that is whenever you find yourself wanting to do something like that to check your phone, you know, is finding something to replace it, just like you said earlier, and getting somebody to hold you accountable. I always strongly recommend accountability. That's what we do as coaches. Really, we are uh, one of our functions is to help people become accountable at the end of a week. When I get together with somebody after we've had a week apart, I will sit down and say, OK, how did things go this week? This was the list of action items you were supposed to do. How how did you do with those items? And they'll tell me. And if they didn't do that, you know, I hold them accountable. Well, what was the reason you didn't do that? Well, things like that. So I think that is, uh, that's a good strategy. The other thing that I wanted to bring up uh, before we closed out here is I am a big proponent of good posture and uh, the importance of posture. Most of us are sitting and we're hunched over all the time. We are leaning forward. I mean, what's the posture when you're depressed? If you were to picture a depressed person, you're going to see somebody leaning forward, leaning over, shoulders slumped, head down. Well, what's the posture when you're checking your phone? It's exactly the same thing. And we wonder wonder why everyone is walking around so depressed. So the more we can get away from that leaned over 
depressive posture, always checking our phone, you know, maybe make it a habit. I know I was joking around with somebody. I said, well, why don't you lift your phone up in the air and check it that way? Because that's a much better posture. posture. (laughs) Yes. Since you can't actually see us on screen, since this is an audio podcast, Jess was actually demonstrating that. And uh, you just have a strap on your back right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tell us what that is. Sure. So this is actually a posture corrector. This isn't sponsored, but it's by Mara Kim, M-A-R-A-K-Y-M. This is actually, um, I was told by my chiropractor to practice better posture. Wearing this just 15 minutes a day will help me go back into alignment from hunching over the computer and phone so much. So something I like to practice too. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, well, this, it's pretty inexpensive as well. I think it was $20, $30. Really? Well, I think that's something that uh, that could be a topic for another day is the importance of our physiology and our posture. But uh, Jess, this has been great chatting today. If people were interested in reaching out with you and maybe discussing this or anything else, uh, what would be the best way to do that? Absolutely. So thanks much for having me tony and if you're listening to this uh, my name is jessica godshall and you can find me at jessica godshall.com g-o-d-s-h-a-l-l normally i ask all my guests the same question at the end of the podcast and that is what does being purposely positive mean to you but You've been on the show. You've already answered that question, but let me ask how that relates to this topic. What does being purposely positive relate to when it comes to trying to get away from the dopamine addiction? Right. So I would say that being purposeful in your life is taking action. So when you start being at cause and not effect in your life, you start to become the author of your reality. And you start living with a different kind of energy because you know that you're in charge. So when it comes to our brain, we have to be very careful about the medium and content we consume and how regularly, um, regularly we consume it. Because often we have to be gentle with our brains because they are wired to work a certain way. So to me, it's an empowering thought that I have control over my brain in my external stimulus so I can live my best life internally and spread it with the world. You can live your best life internally and spread it with the world. You can live your dream. Absolutely. And I truly believe that we can have our greatest adventures ahead of us. And as I always say, your greatest success, your greatest dream is right in front of you. And the important thing is to learn how to connect with that. So Jess, this has been so good Mm -hmm. having you back on and I'm sure you and I will get together again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you know, you may be out there wondering How can I have more control in my life? How can I make control of the decisions that I have and move forward in a better way? Well, we all have wake-up call moments in our life, and you can download a free resource called Strive to Thrive. It's an ebook at TonyWCoaching.com and learn how you can break the cycle and go living a purposely positive life.